Our reading from God's Word, the Bible, this morning is from Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 45. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, into a town in Judah, And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Nora. Well, Merry Christmas. I love the... Peanuts comic strip, and in one of the comic strips, Lucy was saying Christmas is a time for kindness. It's a time to forgive one another. And Charlie Brown responds to Lucy and says, why do we do this just at Christmas? Why can't we have the Christmas spirit the rest of the year? Lucy just looks at Charlie Brown and says, what are you? some kind of religious fanatic. (laughs) What is the Christmas spirit? Having a holly jolly Christmas. The songs that we hear is the Christmas spirit is the relationship I'm in with you. What is the Christmas spirit? Lights and decorations and smiles and joy and giving and nice things for one another. Packages around the tree and Santa and warmth and snuggles. I want to suggest this morning as we dive into the Christmas story in the Gospel of Luke that the real Christmas spirit is surrounded with amazing love 
and incredible humility. Let's seek the Lord this morning in the gospel. Let's pray. Father, we together are so thankful for the gift of your son, Jesus, God in the flesh, Emmanuel. And we pray, Father, that we may really see the true Christmas spirit, that we wouldn't be distracted by all that's going on around us. May we be still and know that you are God. May we come and receive from you. And may we have a humble spirit this Christmas. In your precious name, amen. Christmas started with a humble king. God came off his throne. He drew near to us. King of kings and Lord of lords. He became a babe. Jesus. Philippians 2 says this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God something to be grasped. But he emptied, he humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. Merry Christmas. Soren Kierkegaard tells a story He was a Danish philosopher, and he was thinking about this humble king and God trying to somehow express his love. It's a famous story, and you may have heard it, but the story starts this way. Suppose there was a king who loved a humble maiden. This king was like no other king. Every statesman trembled before his power. No one dared breathe a word against this king. He had the strength to crush all opponents, and yet this mighty king was melted by love for a humble maiden. He could declare his love for her, but how would he do it? In an odd sort of way, his kingliness tied his hands. If he brought to her the palace and crowned her head with jewels and clothed her body in royal robes, Surely she would not resist. No one dared resist the king. But the question would always be, would she really love him? She might say she loved him, of course, but would she truly? Or would she live with him in fear, nursing a private grief for the life that she had left behind? Would she be happy by his side? How would he ever know? If he rode to her forest cottage in his royal carriage with an armed escort, and he had his bright banners waving. That too might overwhelm her. He didn't want a cringing subject. He wanted a lover, an equal. He wanted her to forget that he was king and that she was a humble maiden. And he wanted to share this love and have it cross over the gulf that was between them. For it is only in love that the unequal can be made equal, Kierkegaard said. The king convinced that he could not elevate the maiden without crushing her freedom. The king resolved to descend. He clothed himself as a beggar and he approached her cottage incognito. With a worn cloak fluttering loosely about him, But it was no mere disguise, but his new identity that he took on. For he had renounced 
his throne in order to win her hand. That's amazing love. It all started with a humble king who wanted to win our hand because of his radical love for us. He wants to be known. He wants to be loved. And so he sent his son, Jesus, to us. Christmas spirit is a spirit of humility. And we're going to see the spirit of humility with Mary, who had an incredible, humble heart. Look what she says in Luke one twenty-eight. And the angel came to her, and he said to her, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Around the world there are paintings of Mary, the Madonna, mother and child. She is given much value. She's considered to be a saint among saints. Sometimes almost godlike. She receives this amazing news. And people from centuries on have given her high favor. But you know what the thing is about Mary? She never viewed herself that way. As being above something special. She was a humble servant. She lived the true spirit of Christmas. Greetings, O favored one. Literally translated. Grace to you who are highly graced. Grace to you who are highly graced. Although she was an amazing, godly young woman, it was God's grace, not Mary's character that made her God's choice. It was God's grace. And do you realize so it is with you and me? It is God's grace upon us. Highly favored. In the Scriptures, we see that actually used of all of God's people in Ephesians 1.6. Praise to the glory of His grace by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Here's the truth. We are adopted in as we turn our lives over to Jesus. We are adopted in. We are heirs of God. We are highly favored. Do you know that about yourself? That's who God makes you to be. This little babe in a manger who died on the cross for our sin, who rose again and offers us life. When we believe upon Him, we receive His grace. We are adopted in, highly favored. Grace upon grace. How did Mary respond to this amazing news this gospel. We, we want her to respond like, like she won the golden ticket in Willy Wonka, don't we? We want that. And you'd expect that. Hey, here's this great news. You got the golden ticket. But look how she responds. Mary heard from Gabriel and verse 29 says she was greatly troubled at the same. And she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Mary responds to this amazing news very thoughtfully. It's not a blind faith. She wasn't saying, Well, how wonderful an angel speaking to me. How great is this? Boy, I am so excited. My whole life is about to be radically changed, turned upside down. Wow, this is the best news. She's thoughtful 
And she's humble. Greatly troubled. Am I seeing an angel? What are you telling me? How can this really be? Troubled has the idea of, actually, this is really confusing to me. I don't understand how this can work. And she wondered about it. She was discerning about it. That word is actually like that of an auditor. She was doing things to take account. What does this mean? She was weighing it out. She was pondering it all. She was giving a serious thought. I love that about Mary. And she says, how will this be? It's really a polite way of saying this is actually very crazy. This is impossible. How will this be? My mother's taught me about what it means to have a child and what you're saying doesn't fit. How is it even possible? It's, it really is crazy. And the angel gently reminds her, don't be afraid. You know what I love about Mary in this story? Is that it's an honest wrestle. It's an honest wrestle in her faith. She loves the Lord. She knows the Scriptures. She's a follower of God. But there's an honest wrestle in her faith. She has some doubts. Don't we all? Don't we all? And Mary listens. And she wrestles. And she's thoughtful. But the thing I love about Mary is she doesn't shut out this amazing news from God like Zechariah did. It was brought to him about Elizabeth's going to have a child, and he's just like, there's no way. And he shuts God out right there. Boom. But not Mary. Mary listens, and she wrestles, and she wonders, and she wants to know, and she loves God, and she wants to respond. But Mary, unlike Zechariah, is open to his truth that he's bringing. And so Mary with a humble response, the spirit of Christmas says, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Isn't that a beautiful response? Isn't that a humble response? Even in the middle of not understanding it all. She's not saying, wow, it's so clear now. I totally get it. I really love this plan. I'm excited to be part of it. What she's saying is, you know what? It doesn't totally make sense to me, but I'm going to pursue the Lord. I will follow. I am a servant of the Lord. Her faith hasn't all come together and solidified yet on this whole good news from the angel Gabriel. But she's learning to trust and she's learning to submit despite her fears and her reservations. Isn't that the real faith journey? A humble spirit before our Lord. Lord, help me. I want to follow you. I don't get it all. And even isn't that our journey when we're first coming to know Jesus? I don't get it, Lord, how you're going to save me. Look at me. I'm a mess. How does this work? He says, I want you to just trust me. Submit your heart unto me. Let me be Lord of your life. I will teach you. I will walk with you. Don't be afraid. But Lord, I have to give up my friends. I have to give up my life. Surrender it under me. Trust me. I love you. I'm going to give you new life. See, Mary submits unto the Lord. Why? Because she knows who God is. 
She knows she can trust God. And because she knows who she is, I am a servant of the Most High God. Sometimes we need to recognize who we are. I am no longer my own. I am bought with a price. That's Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. I should have been nailed to that cross. I'm no longer my own. I'm a servant of the Lord. He owns me. But it's all love. We are in relationship. That's who I am. But his servant. The Lord in his love is with you, favored one. Even in your doubts. And recognize that truth, dear Mary. Because nothing is impossible with God. So Mary takes a beautiful step. A step of faith with a humble heart, knowing that she's a servant of the Most High. She also knows that she is a loved child of God. This is a humble Christmas. We live the spirit of Christmas in humility when we learn that we are a servant of the Lord and we surrender unto Him. We see in this story also the spirit of humility in Mary and Elizabeth as they accept as they accept God's loving, good plan for their lives. She goes off, the Scriptures teach us, and she runs right away to to go to see her cousin, Elizabeth. It's this next scene. The angel said that she would be given a sign in Elizabeth. Elizabeth also has been made with child in her old age. Nothing's impossible with God. So she goes would have been probably about a four-day trek to Elizabeth's house. You can imagine all her time talking with the Lord as she goes to see her cousin. Both for Mary and Elizabeth, it seems to come together as they meet, as they come together to encourage one another in the Lord. Blessed are you among women, Elizabeth says. You are blessed. And blessed are you, the fruit of your womb, How has this happened to me, Elizabeth is saying, that the mother of my Lord would actually come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt in my womb with joy. Blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Mary is obedient, and what follows in her obedience? God's incredible blessings. God is with you, Mary. Receive his blessings. I'm going to use Elizabeth to speak blessings upon you, to confirm who I am, to help you in your faith journey, to help you trust me. Blessings upon you. You don't think the Lord loves to bless us? What heavenly father, what father doesn't love to bless their children? And when we're obedient, he especially loves to bless us with His grace, with His encouragement. He just touches our lives with Him, His presence. Emmanuel, God with us. I think when Mary shows up, it's an incredible confirmation for her. You know what? I'm not crazy. I actually did see this angel. He spoke to me. And you know what? He spoke to Elizabeth as well. I'm not losing it. I think it was a confirmation that God is in control. He is sovereign. He has all things in His hand and in control. Mary didn't even have to say a word. Can we be people like that to our friends? 
can we be people when they come into our presence? Can we just bless them? When they are broken and confused and struggling, can we just bless them with words of the Lord? God is with you. God is in control. Blessed are you. We see Elizabeth's incredible humility. You know what? Elizabeth was probably a woman who was of a higher social status. She recognizes Mary as most blessed among women. Elizabeth is humbled by the fact that Mary would come to visit her. She doesn't feel deserving. What beautiful Christmas humility. Unlike her husband, Zechariah, she says, Mary believed the Lord and would deliver upon His word. And Elizabeth believed that too. She's humbled before the Lord. It's all coming to fulfillment. She calls Mary, you are the mother of my Lord. She admits when she saw her that John jumped for joy in her womb. That John from from her womb is pointing to Jesus. She recognizes that the child in Mary's womb is greater, is greater than the child in her womb. Even though John was going to be a great man, she knew that the child within Mary would be greater. John would confess later, he must increase and I must decrease. It seems to take us back to Old Testament story of Jacob and Esau. That there was a wrestling between the brothers in the womb. And the Lord spoke and said, listen, the older is going to serve the younger. Now, years later, we have the same message. The older John will serve the younger Jesus. But the difference is, no one's struggling on this one. It's a humble submission. This is our Lord. You see, humility is expressed by knowing and accepting our place in God's plan. You have a place. God has wonderful purpose for you. Our place may be different from someone else's. We can have an incredible Christmas joy and just joy in life when we stop comparing ourselves with others. When we start actually living out what God has called us to do, the result is joy and blessing. And we won't have that joy if we're always chafing under the fact that God's plan for you doesn't seem as important as, important as someone else's plan. Would we be like Elizabeth, who humbly acknowledged, Oh, blessed of you, you are the blessed, the most blessed of all women. This child is greater. God has a plan for me, but God has an amazing plan for you, Mary. Let's do this together. How blessed are you. The spirit of Christmas, as we learn to come and understand God's plan for our lives with humility. We see the spirit of humility, and it's seen in this passage as Mary sings and rejoices. We see humility and grateful worship for God's salvation. Grateful worship for God's salvation in this Christmas time. You know, the Maasai tribe in West Africa, they have, a, they have an unusual way of saying thank you. 
they bow down and they put their foreheads to the ground. And they say this while they're down there, my head is in the dirt. That's how they say thank you to each other. My head is in the dirt. Why do they do that? Because at the core, Thanksgiving is an act of humility. It's an act that says, I don't deserve this. Thank you. My head is in the dirt. And that truly, this is a gift to me. I'm not worthy of this. And this is a gift from God. In humility, Mary bows down. And she cries out this beautiful song. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For He who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown His strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their heart. And He has brought them down from their mighty thrones. And He has exalted those of humble estate. She breaks out in this grateful worship for God's amazing salvation. Mary's song, the Magnificat. And you know what she's saying in this? This is so beautiful. He, my God, has done this for me. He's looked upon this lowly, humble, young, unwed girl, and he's poured out his amazing grace and love upon me. Who am I to deserve such a thing? We should all be amazed at what Christ has done for us. Who am I to have Christ? We should be amazed. We should be amazed that Christ is in us. How great the riches of the glory of this mystery, Colossians 1.27. What's this mystery? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That Christ chose you. While we're all sinners in this humble, broken state, Christ chose us. We, we of all people, have been embraced by His grace, just like Mary. What an amazing love. Mercy upon the generations, scattering the proud, the thoughts of their heart. And He has exalted those who are humble. The spirit of Christmas is humility. Like each one of us, we're born into a humble state. Each one of us is bent towards sin. We're separated from God. But in love, but in love, God sent His Son so that the brokenness might be healed. It has been said that the Son of God became a man in order that men might become the sons of God. That's salvation. That's what Jesus means. His name, salvation. My spirit rejoices, Mary says, in God my Savior. What's Mary been saved from? She's been saved from her sin, just like the rest of us. She was in need of a Savior. Zechariah would later praise God for raising up a horn of salvation for us. And as we begin to 
claim this beautiful salvation as we receive the gift of salvation that's found only in Jesus, this amazing joy and gratitude comes into our heart. But the one thing you have to understand is this salvation. It comes to the poor in spirit. That means beggarly in spirit. You recognize your need. It comes to the humble of heart. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. And He adorns the humble with salvation, Psalm 149 says. It begins here with a humble heart surrendered unto a loving God. Acknowledging Jesus that God in His love has provided a way of salvation. And it's through His Son. Here's Philippians 2.8. Being found in human form, that's Jesus, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And therefore, God has highly exalted Him and bestowed upon Him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and upon earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. We should sing out in in humble gratitude. Look what my Savior has done for me. That's the spirit of Christmas and humility. Charlie Brown says, why can't we have the Christmas spirit the rest of the year? You know what the answer to that is? We can. We can, Lucy. I'm not a religious fanatic. We can because of Jesus. And as we follow the example of Jesus, who was humble king, humble servant, Say to my daughter Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, on the foal of a beast of the burden, of burden. Humility from his birth, humility in his life, humility all the way to the cross so that he could pay the debt for our sin. And then he was raised again. Christ was raised again by the power of the Spirit. He's seated at the right hand of God. And all who would believe upon Him shall be saved because of this little babe in a manger who came humbly. He's our example. We can live in the real spirit of Christmas in humility as we humbly surrender our hearts to Him, to the real King, to the Lord of Lord, and let Him be the Lord of our life. Receive that gift of Jesus. We can live the spirit of Christmas as we recognize that we are servants of the Most High and that we serve a loving God. We can live the spirit of Christmas humility as we acknowledge our place in God's good and perfect and loving plan for our lives. Whether you're a Mary or an Elizabeth or the donkey, whatever God has for you, in humility. Oh, that I would have the King of Kings ride on my back. He needs to be glorified. And we can live that spirit of humility as we enter into grateful worship for the gift of salvation through Jesus. Well, how do we do that this Christmas season? How do we do that practically? How can we live out this humility? Let me finish with this. Philippians 2.3. 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, would you count each other more important than yourself? Would you look upon each other as more valuable than yourself? Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests, to the cares, the concerns of others around you. Can we not be so so jammed up by this Christmas season that we're just so focused on, i got to make sure i got to get that present. we only got two days. Maybe in these next few days and during this Christmas season, maybe you could actually give up your parking space at the mall that you were waiting for. Nothing is impossible with God. (laughs) Maybe you could be kind and extend forgiveness even when it doesn't seem fair. Maybe what you could do is lower your body down to the ground where a homeless person sits, recognize their value, and say, what's your name? And as the Spirit leads, why don't you give them a gift? It doesn't necessarily have to be money. Maybe it's just time spent. Why don't we go grab lunch together? I want to know you. Because the God of the universe knows you and he loves you. What does it look like to live this out? This Christmas spirit of humility. May we truly have a very merry, humble Christmas. And may you open the gift of God's love, Jesus, salvation, and receive life in him. Let's pray. Father, we truly are humbled by the example of Mary and Elizabeth, those who served you and followed you in obedience and truth and love. Father, thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, we love you, and we acknowledge you this morning as our Lord, as our Savior. And we thank you for your amazing grace upon us. Thank you for humbling yourself all the way to the cross so that we might have life as you paid the payment for our sin. You are beautiful, Lord Jesus. We want to sing like Mary sang unto you with grateful hearts, humble hearts. You are beautiful, and we love you, Lord Jesus. Amen.